This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Digital Agency Insiders. I'm Tabitha Thomas, your host, and if this is your first time watching the podcast, uh, it's a podcast that gives you a little bit of an inside look into how entrepreneurs have uh, built and grew their digital agencies. So if this is your first time listening, I want to encourage you to go and subscribe to us. If it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast, go hit that subscribe button and drop us a review while you're there because I would love to hear what you think about the podcast. So on with our guest for today. Today I have with me Wendy Glavin. Wendy is the founder and CEO of Wendy Glavin Agency, which specializes in marketing, executive writing, PR, and social media advisory. Based in New York City, she is a 30-year veteran of corporate and agency marketing and consulting. She has worked across a wide variety of industries and with a strong focus on technology, fintech, blockchain, and cryptocurrency. She is a monthly contributor for uh, equities.com and a with a column called Glavin's Tech Talk. And Wendy is also a featured contributor of Com Pro. Wendy, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you with us. Thanks. I think you covered the whole thing. I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that nice introduction. I, uh, I absolutely love talking with entrepreneurs, but the one thing that I love probably more than anything is getting to tell female entrepreneur stories. Uh, so I absolutely love that you're on the podcast. And the first question that I always start with, because it's the one I love the most, is asking what did the path of entrepreneurship look like for you? Uh, and did you wake up one day and be like, yep, I'm going to own my own business. This is what I'm going to do. Or was it a little bit of bumpier path in that? No, it's quite serendipitous. So my dreams, I had two dreams. One was to become an actress. One was to be a lawyer. So I majored in acting for two years. My professor said I was too dramatic. So I made this like very basic, simplistic, you know, thing at whatever, 18. And I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe they need dramatic people in communication. So I switched to that. I took the LSATs. My father was a prosecutor. I come from a family of lawyers. And he said, you, and I actually like passed enough to get into kind of a crappy law school. So he said, you're never going to make a good lawyer because you can't see the other side. You're more of an advocate. And so he was right. I mean, he, he's, my dad was my hero. He died at 68. He died young, but you know, I, I, I've worked on trying to see the other side, but it's a really good point. If you want to, if you want to win your case, you need to see the other side. So that's what led. And then I wasn't allowed to live at home. Um, I got some of that tough love. So it's like, get your job, get a job and like move out this summer after I graduated. So I got hired at GE working in house. I was surrounded by engineers and developers. And, you know, that was interesting. It was, you know, corporate communications, giving presentations, training new employees. And then I wanted to be surrounded by my agency peers. So I joined a full service advertising and PR firm. And I didn't realize at the time, this is only now, I kept being given like tech accounts, like there I got a division of DuPont amongst other accounts, then got married, moved to New York, and I was hired by Burson Marsteller, now Burson Conan Wolf, 
to manage a division of IBM. So still it doesn't hit me about the technology. Then I, um, I uh, resigned from Burson. I raised three boys um, and we had the incredible opportunity of living in the south of France for the month of July for 10 summers. So I identified an untapped niche, which was importing jewelry from France to the US. At the time, they call it jewelry fantasy. So like, see these bracelets? These aren't real. Um, but that didn't exist in our country. This is a long time ago. So I, I um, purchased jewelry and went to Paris shows and that sort of thing and started my own business. It's a, it was a French name, but anyway, I sold um, jewelry to, you know, employees at Vogue and Vanity Fair to law firms to, you know, a Christmas party, a big, you know, investment banking, Christmas parties, that sort of thing. So that was my first business um, that I started. And then um, I, um, we decided to get divorced. And so divorce is quite expensive here. So my friends, all my friends got together and said, let's help Wendy get divorced. And they threw uh, these jewelry parties for me and I raised $30,000 in cash to hire an attorney and gave them like in the conference room, $10, 20, 30, because you have to put down 30,000 before they even get started. So then during that time, like yeah. I've had scrappies. So for example, I worked in retail, then I worked for Channel 13. I worked on a show called Inside Trenton. Then I worked for a book publisher um, promoting authors of new books with websites and um, social media at that time was sort of just starting and, and public relations. And then um, I became a full-time consultant. So working for agencies, you know, nationally, I worked for an agency in Montreal, Canada. Um, and what ended up happening is it goes back to several years ago when I was working with the FinTech CEO and he said, um, you know, creating his um, social media and creating content for him. So he said, Twitter really costs a lot per hour. I said, you think, um, I think I was charging maybe 50 an hour or 30 an hour. And I said, you think that's a lot? He goes, let's assume it was 50. He said, no, I'm being charged 150 an hour. So I had no idea. So he turned around and he fired the CEO of that agency. And the other two clients I had ended up, I guess, figuring out this too. So that agency dismantled and the CEO of that fintech firm said, could I hire your agency, which I didn't have an agency then, but that was actually the inspiration. I wanted to charge the value of the service, not double and triple bill people out. So that's sort of my, that's my, um, I mean, that doesn't bring me millions of dollars, but, you know, I just believe in charging the value of the service. So, you know, if it takes me a half hour to write a press release, um, you know, I'm not going to charge $500 to write a press release. I'm just giving as, as an example. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And the, you got to spend time in the uh, south of France. Can I just say I'm unbelievably jealous? <laughs> Oh, I totally get it. No, I know. Those were like absolutely fantastic times and just really opened my, my, I would say that experience, in addition to having children, as you know, that changed me. Like it just gave me a different perspective on life, like living in a different country. It's a really great 
it's we, we didn't have the opportunity to do that in college, but um, my son, one of my sons, actually, they've all done that. They've all been able to live abroad. So um, it's a great experience if, you know, if, if a family can support that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So you mentioned uh, press releases, but tell me about the core services of your agency. What is it that you focus on right now? So typically this is how it works. So I have a conversation with the prospect and I would say first and foremost, and probably you'll agree because of what you do, um, and, and it's typically tech firms. So there's, I don't want to say always, because I don't believe in like always and never, but often there's um, problems with websites, you know, too technical, too jargony, too accolades, too, you know, we're the best, we're the re- most revolutionary, we're the fastest, we're, see- you know. So I usually start with the website and talk about, you know, how, how and why we need to change the content. And oftentimes they'll say, you know, I want PR. And I say, okay, well, you're not getting PR. I mean, I'm very honest. I'm honest and direct. And, you know, I think that people hire me, either like me for that and hire me or don't. But I'd like to tell people the real truth. I like Richard Edelman's quote, which is like, we need to be our client's conscience. So instead of taking money, I said, I said to him in particular, I said, look, you know, it's it's just it's not going to get picked up because that's where editors go. They go to your website. They go to LinkedIn. And so then he said to me, um, "Look, I don't need a writing lesson from you." I said, "I'm not giving you a writing lesson. I'm telling you how you would be able to get PR." So mm-hmm. then I said, "What do you do? What what? what do you, I said, "No, I, that's not what I was doing. I was just trying to be helpful." So I said, "What do you do?" He goes, "I work on Wall Street," which I was like. I figured that because my ex-husband works on Wall. He's been working on Wall Street for 32 years. We're actually friends, but um, I sent him a proposal, and that would be the first time I never followed up because I thought, you know what? If the conversation starts that way, that's just not going to be a good collaboration. So mm-hmm. I would say that. It, so I have a different. It's not a pricing structure. It's kind of it's it's dependent on each individual client. Because each person or each, well, each person has, you know, their own needs. So, mm-hmm. for example, perhaps, you know, a company just, let's say it's a blockchain startup that they typically need, you know, editing or writing help with pitch decks, with white papers, with, you know, getting their websites ready, getting, you know, um, being trained on how to pitch. Mm-hmm. So it, kind of, I think it depends on the industry. It depends on where the company is, like what stage. Um, so. You know, the core, I would say the core service that I offer, in addition to the ones that you mentioned, is it's content marketing. So that's writing. So, you know, I'm a published writer, I'm a writer. So writing is pretty much a lot of what I do, whether that's, you know, writing an article, writing a press release, writing a or a pitch or as I said, white papers, decks, you know, doing websites, that sort of thing. So that's, I would say that's really the core thing. That's the core thread. And I'd say technology also is a thread because looking back during these months when we're trying to, you know, figure out how to, as they say, pivot, this isn't really pivoting, but I thought to myself, you know, I've been in technology for 30 years. You know, I mean, I've always worked in technology. So yeah. it's just, it's a matter of like owning it. So um, I did a webcast two weeks ago. I'm, I'm t- taking that tech talk 
mm -hmm. um, that, that Equities was so generous to give me Glavin's Tech Talk and branding it a little bit, not officially, but I did Tech Talk, how to become more marketable. I created a new LinkedIn group, Tech Talk from Newbies to Savvy. Um, and people always ask me, well, how did you learn about blockchain? How did you learn about like FinTech? It's like people just pick up a book and read, you know what I mean? It's like, just me do research. I mean, I think it's easier to learn than at, than at any time before with all this, all the tools that we have at our disposal. That is so, so very true. So how do you, I know you're, that technology is like the niche that you go into and you kind of feel like you kind of stumbled into it a little bit. So why, why was everybody coming to you because of the technology type of things? I mean, I think, and I'm going to, this isn't my quote, but this is, I mean, some people say this a lot. It's like, you know, technology isn't sexy. So oftentimes people don't want to work in technology. So it's sort of like I, people tend to think it's like it's too complex. It's too hard to understand. It's, you know, it's too complicated. So I think that they shy away. Mm -hmm. And so they, since people know that I do that, they think, oh, if it's technology, just call Wendy. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it's come to be. And then I think, you know, you must agree, like when you're surrounded by something all the time, you're then comfortable with that language. Mm -hmm. So I've been surrounded by technology language all my life. So it's sort of easier for me to like to decipher when I read something that's kind of complicated, I can kind of decipher it. So I think it's just based on, I believe it's like building on your skill set, not reinvention. I believe just build on your skill sets and also acknowledge like you look back at your throughout your career, your background, your experiences, your relationships, your you know, hobbies, your interests, you know, you have no competition, right? Because people, everyone's, everyone, if they bring their, their authentic self to the table, then people trust them. So I don't think that people hire me because of what I do. I think people hire me because of who I am or don't, or don't hire yeah. me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So how are you finding these potential um, tech companies to get in front of? How are you finding your clients in the first place? Um, I would say it's uh, fortunate. I'm very fortunate and lucky and grateful to have people recommend me. Um, so I think that's first and foremost. I don't really feel that now's the time to be selling first of all i never i never sell or promote myself um because that's again like my dad said it's my the thing is to advocate for other people mm -hmm. so um uh in your article that you wrote i believe it was today on your a really great article but you you talked about um doing things for free as an example mm -hmm. so i i do i don't want to you know but i do write for equities for free Mm -hmm. And I spend a lot of time and I feel like that's one of the things I'm proudest of. Um, but that gives, has given me some notoriety, you know, by doing something for free to your point, has that gotten me a client directly? No, but you know, I have a pretty full body of writing. And then, so people, you know, I, that's how you can get not mm -hmm. no, I'm not talking about known. I'm just saying that's how you get noticed. It's sort of what your article said. Yeah. Putting yourself out there in front of people. So I mean, I'm always open to doing like podcast interviews. Um, um, 
just I, I'd say putting putting ourselves out there, but to be helpful, not any not now to be, you know, selling or you know trying to get people to, um, you know, to pay for services. Mm -hmm. I just think it's it's just sort of it's a time that we all need to be very sensitive, and I'm actually challenged by. The, the the article I have to write this month for equities because I don't feel comfortable writing about like technology landscape right now because you know at, at what everybody's thinking about and worried about like we don't know when this is going to end mm -hmm. so it's kind of a difficult more difficult more, more challenging to create content but I, and what I'm doing is I'm I, I think basically the title is something like what have you learned from the pandemic mm -hmm. so there's a lot of things I think that positive that we can think about this like you and I spend time before this podcast talking about personal things and I think that in the past it was kind of business and personal were separate and now I feel like every single time I have a call with this like a stranger it's always like how are you feeling how are you doing like how are you managing I think that's it's really important and I hope that that continues to stay after the I guess whatever new norm after the new normal, the next new normal. The yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. It's like everyone was so focused on the dollar and making money, and now we're more focused on everyone's well-being in general, whether that be business or personal, whatever it may be. We are everyone's just. You're right. Their focus has kind of shifted, and actually, I like it because I I love getting to know new people, and and I'm. I just, I love taking care of people. So that, that makes me unbelievably happy that, that our environment is just changing. I like that side of things, not necessarily the virus side of things, but I like, <laughs> I like how people's personalities and, and the way they're communicating is changing. So yeah, I think it, I mean, and I hope that that stays, which I, obviously it's going to stay because it's not going away anytime soon, but this is something that affects everyone globally. It's every single person is affected. There's a guy named Brian Shulman. He does um, a LinkedIn Live shout out Saturday, shout out Wednesday, and it's called hashtag Voice Your Vibe. And anyone can go on there, and um, you can go on the show. And he's just—it's all about you know talk like talking about the people that inspired us the last week. Like what what is something positive that we can share? It's all about sharing like positivity. Mm -hmm. It's very uplifting. I was. Um, last Saturday, because I typically go on his show and I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm just having a bad day. I'm not in the mood. I'm just, you know what I mean? And I put it on in the background. He's so upbeat. I mean, he's mm. such a big personality that I'm listening in the background. And then I hear him mention my name about this article I wrote about him. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I better get, and also the publisher who published it. So I thought, holy, I said, sorry, I said, I need to like get up and put makeup on and get on this show. And then I called her. She's like, do I need, I said, yes. She goes, I don't have any makeup on. I said, I don't care. You have to get on the show. We can't have him like saying that he's grateful for what you and I did. And then we say nothing in return. Yes. And that's, and what was interesting, more interesting is that I started by saying, you know, I, what I just told you, I really wasn't feeling very good on Saturday. I was feeling down. And do you know of anything that I've said that resonated with people. I mean, I didn't say it as a strategy, but yeah. people were like, that's so great, you know, like that's so great that you would still come on. I mean, I wasn't that down, but you know what I yeah. mean? It's, it, it's like, 
and I've been reading articles and it says, you know, if you're down or you're depressed or you're worried or you're stressed, you know, talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable now. Well, and I think that's what's changing too, that, that I think is so great because when you can connect with people who are being real, it just changes things. Even when with writing our articles, like don't try to be this puffed up, made up version of yourself. Just be who you are and people will connect with that so much more than just the fake version you want everybody to think you are. <laughs> it's just it's just hard for people. Mm-hmm. Because, um, it's hard for people to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I wish, I'm hoping that we can all take solace in the fact that like so many people are being vulnerable. I'm talking like top New York Times editors are writing about you know, how they've gone down a rabbit hole or how they're, you know, everybody talks about not getting their hair cut and, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, all those things. So, you know, it's, or, or even like, you know, Chris Cuomo, I mean, him talking from his, you know, his home when he had COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, let's kind of t- take off the cloaks and daggers and let's just be who we are. Like, in other words, merge our personal and professional selves. Because mm-hmm. we're a combat, like we're not one thing. Like people say to me, "Are are you a PR person?" It's like, "No." Are you a marketing person? No. It's like I'm a combination of a lot of different things. Yeah, I love it. We all I- we all are a combination of different things, and I so- think people look at look back, however back is, however far back is. If people look look at their, um, you know, what they've done, they'll be able to find, you know common patterns and transferable skills. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I was able to not find, but, you know, do writing. So that's like a separate skill set, but still builds on what I already had. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted to get into the writing space, because like we said, COVID's kind of changed everything and maybe somebody has lost a job because of everything that's going on, but they have a talent for writing. How would you suggest somebody to pick that up and add that uh, to their agency or start an agency that does writing or PR or any of that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say, um, you know, the most important thing is to, um, and I hate to use this word, but to know like exactly what's happening today. In other words, you know, don't do research from like, you know, December, 2019. So sometimes when I'm I do endless, endless research, so if I'm trying to find something and I can't find it, meaning for some for this month, then mm-hmm. I'll just keep changing what I search for. I keep changing, changing, changing until I get the answers I want. So I do a ton of reading, a ton of research. And then um, I, well, as they say, you know, you should speak about what you know. You should write about what you know. So I think it's, you know, people could start with, for example, a blog, like I usually write 2,500 like long form pieces, articles, but let's say like a blog that's 300 words. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also recommend to people, because what I've done is like follow the people that are ahead of us. And I don't mean better than us, but people who are already, you know, writers or people who are, you know, PR professionals or whatever, whatever it is that you're striving to do. So learn from people ahead of you. Another thing would be to um, hire a mentor. 
or, you know, get a mentor, whether it's, that could be like, if you're young, that could be like a coach or a professor, or, you know, uh, you can hire a business advisor. I would say I have a business advisor. She's been incredibly helpful. Um, she actually said to me a couple of years ago, I'm going to mention her here too. Her name is Deidre Breckenridge and she's apps. People would be lucky if she would work with them. So she, um, I was in a taxi that crashed with the Mack truck in November, 2016. And I founded my agency in August, 2016. So I was bedridden. I had two knee replacements prior to that. And so then I had a MCL tear on my knee replacement. So I wore a full right leg brace. And I wrote to four people that I didn't know, Deidre being one of them, Neil Patel, Dory Clark, and somebody else and said, can you please help? Like I was in this accident and how do I get, generate leads for my website? Mm -hmm. So in 2016, Deidre gave me homework. So like writing assignments, mm -hmm. like, you need to do this. You need to start a blog. You need, you know what I mean? And so I would have like something to, like, instead of laying in bed feeling sorry for myself, I had, I was accountable to somebody. So that was really good. And then as the years have gone by, she has said to me, why don't we, why don't we get you? Uh, I wish I could tell you the name of the company, but I can't. But she says, look, it's time to get, for you to be paid for your writing, like meaning paid for an article. Yeah. She says, I'm going to recommend you to, let's just assume it's like a huge company. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not assume, but no, it's a big, huge name. Mm -hmm. So when she told me that, I was like, what are you crazy? Like, I'm not going to like write for them. And it turns out I got hired. And actually the person I did ghostwriting for said like, and is very well known, just said, I, how, what you're asking me, like, how did you get started writing? Mm -hmm. So, um, I think there's some of us have like an imposter syndrome, um, you know, like, oh, well, like, I can't do that. Like, I'm not really, you know, but it's like, just take, take the step. So as an entrepreneur, um, uh, I'd say some of the biggest things are to be resilient and, you know, to learn from your mistakes, um, to take risks. And, you know, if you fail, you have to just, you know, keep coming back like, yeah. okay, this didn't work. How can I, you know, what can I learn from it? Mm -hmm. So wow. when I, I had a client and I was so interested and excited about the work that we were doing, he was a blockchain startup or not was, he's a blockchain startup, but I ended up realizing that I, I, sometimes I don't count the hour. I'm not, I'm not like into counting hours. It's no, yeah. I'd rather just come up with some retainer and then I do what, you know, I accomplish what needs to get accomplished whatever time or day I need to, whether that's 10 o'clock at night or on Saturday or whatever. But I realized that I was working 90 hours, which was translating into almost nothing. And so, um, I'm, I'm being better about that. Like I get really excited about work yeah. and, you know, doing stuff, but then, you know, in the end, I mean, we do need to be paid and to, to be certainly valued for what we do. That is so true. And I love the fact that you say that it's okay to fail. Cause my, one of my quotes is fail and fail often, because anytime you fail at something, you learn from it and you alter what you do so that you never do that failure again. You may fail again, but you may not fail in that exact way again. And so you just 
you're growing and building off of that. So, and I just, for me, adding on to what you just said is just like, you were, just do it, just go write the first thing and then write the next thing. It was like me with podcasting. I had never done a podcast before. I was terrified. Who am I to start a podcast, you know? But I did one and I didn't die. So then I did a second one and That's I still good. didn't die. I did the third one <laughs> yeah, and just keep going. Example. That's even, I mean, to be honest with you, that it's a challenge not doing a podcast because I'm talking to somebody, but you know, I mentioned Brian Schulman and he was like, you should create your own live video. I'm like, no, I can. It's like working out of my bedroom. It's like my house is a frat house or whatever. And he goes, no, but people can relate to that. And he was mm-hmm. right. I did do a, a, a live video. I, it, I like did it probably like 10 times and I kept deleting it. <laughs> but um, no, you're right. You're very good at this. Well, thank you. Well, I just, that's my advice for anybody do it and if it doesn't kill you do it again (laughs) get a second pair of eyes i mean i'm generous about like somebody sending me something and i'm not going to spend you know days but if somebody wants me to look at something i can pretty much see right away um what are some of the problems well and that took that took experience years of doing it to be able to get to that point so that's that's incredible so what is the absolute favorite thing that you do with your agency right now um i would say the the my favorite thing to do is this you know speaking to new people um sharing ideas and you know trying to help people Mm -hmm. that you know people really need help need positivity need compassion and sensitivity and all that kind of thing so that's something that i really enjoy and i'm in this um which anyone can sign up for it's called lunch club ai and i was invited i don't know too much about it was invited there and so they what what they do is they set up they they you based on the profile that you write Uh they match you with somebody else right their ai engine Mm -hmm. so I've been having two meetings per week, 45 minutes each. It's free. And you just talk to people and you define your objectives. Like, do you want to brainstorm with peers? Do you want to discuss new projects? So that's a great, um, well, I know they raise, I guess they're a startup still, but it's called Lunch Club. So that's a great thing. Sometimes I'm, I'm talking to somebody younger and just offering mentor mentoring help. Um, so Lunch Club AI is, it's, I can, I'll recommend, not recommend you, just, you send, I'll send you an invite. Okay. Tabitha, you don't need to do anything. I'll just send you an invite. That sounds awesome. Thank you. So I know there's lots of challenges right now, especially with, you know, the COVID-19 crap that it is. And uh, so what's the biggest challenge that you have going on right now, besides working from home? <laughs> um, I, the working from home, other than the fact of what I told you with like a bunch of <laughs> grown men in my, not a bunch, but two boys in my other room, is, um, you know, people being afraid to spend to spend money, mm. um, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen. There's been so many, many layoffs and people furloughed. And so I think that it's a tough thing for companies and agencies right now. Um you know, to be able to make money. I mean, I've heard this all the time. Do you agree? Do you have, have, have you heard that as well? We've actually heard a lot more of 
people or agencies finding a lot more opportunities because businesses that were, especially in our area of the country, that weren't doing much online are now finding a definite need to do things online where it wasn't a focus before it is now. And now they're looking for people to actually help them with that side of things. So most of the people in our group in our area have found an increase because of those things. Yeah, I think because I'm, you know, with in, in, involved with tech, so they are obviously already there. Yeah, websites and their mobile apps yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I I think it's probably what you said, Matt, based on like where you live. I'm in mm -hmm. New York City. I you know mostly everybody I know is online, meaning has been online for a while. Yeah. So um, I would say that I I would say like a real honest challenge is that. I don't like to sell myself. So, you know, to go do like lead generate, you know, I get all these sales calls about lead generation and it's just, I like it to be more organic. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't, I don't use tools. I don't use like lead generation tools. I don't, I mean, I have Cision, which you probably have too, the database, PR database. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so certain tools but not lead generation tools because I just, I like it to be more organic. So I'd say the biggest challenge is the way that I would get clients is from going to events, participating in events, speaking in events, meeting people, you know, um, all in person kinds mm -hmm. of things. So now all we can do is like replicate that by this. Like now mm -hmm. we're in person kind yeah. of. And, and live videos. <laughs> about the live videos I, I, I mean i did one like two weeks ago i can't do what like one once a year you have to keep doing them oh man you didn't die do it again <laughs> True. so the last question that i have for you what are you currently reading or listening to that is encouraging you or helping you grow as an entrepreneur okay so i always have some tech book by my side so um one book i'm reading is called life after google and then okay. um, that's, and then I've got other tech books, but I'm also going to read. Uh, it was recommended to me, "The Art and Science of Results" by Joe Vitale. No one can see okay. that. <laughs> and then okay. how about this one? This is a great. Somebody recommended this. I just ordered it. Goodbye anxiety. Hello freedom. <laughs> is that not appropriate right now? <laughs> I think that's a perfect book. It's called "How to Build Resilience and Overcome Anxiety." Stephanie D'Alfonso. I haven't started reading it yet, um, but um, I think that's a perfect, that's a perfect title. I mean, it's couldn't, you couldn't have better than that. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, Wendy, it's been a blast chatting with you and getting to know no. you. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, letting us dig into your agency a little bit. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best since all this crap has happened and hopefully it will resolve soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was really fun talking to you. I had a really great time and, um, you know, enjoy your kids and yes. you know, let's continue to stay in touch. Yes, please. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.